Well, you know, we 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 uh we are going to move this into this week's presentation. Um, we're excited about what um, God is doing for PRT season four, guys, season four, and uh, we're about to begin um, the first topic in the implication, the theological implications, and social issues, and it it's dovetails from our last discussion on the vaccine. And so today, um, on the table today, uh, we're going to be talking about the things we learned in church, the things we learned in our baptismal classes, the things we learned <laughs> in Sabbath school class, the things we, we, we think we know as what we should be doing right, and yeah. how, they, how they differ from what we're seeing in the social realm, hmm. what we Ooh. see in social media what we see in the world. Some of the things that we're seeing in the world uh, go right up against what we have been taught as um, as Christians. And so we want to talk a little bit about that today. And we are just excited to be here to share that with you. Um, hopefully to encourage you to do more study, but also to encourage your uh, understanding of, of your role as a Christian in today's society. So, Dr. Henry, who, who, sir, is at the table today, my friend? Well, listen, I tell you, every week, man, we're getting people who are uh, knowledgeable, people who are excited, people who uh, want to add to the body of knowledge. And we have somebody here at Advent University. I don't know if I stopped on my screen. I'm not too sure what's happening, but I'm going to Yeah, you froze talking. for a second. He is but... a professor at Adventist University. He Okay. All right. Well, he's a professor at Adventist University. Um, he uh, teaches in the field of bioethics. He teaches um, not only at Adventist University. He taught it. Well, he teaches at Adventist University, Adventist University. But he also was at Loma Linda before. This is the person of Dr. Andy Lambkin. What? He what? is just one who's yeah. fired up in Jesus, and he's a preacher too. He's a preacher. Wow. He's a professor, and we have him right here. On pastors, can I bring round. him on? I can bring him on. Can we bring him on? Oh, bring I on. couldn't wait. Had to bring him on. There he is. There he's he is. <laughs> Advent Health exciting, University. Exciting, yes, exciting, yes. brethren. Exciting. <laughs> thanks for a wonderful introduction, and thanks for the invitation. I'm I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you this evening, and I'm so looking forward to the discussion. Going to have a good time. Uh, listen, I am so in anticipation of this thing, and I think it's going to be so good. I got to hit this right out of the gate today, just just because <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Lampkin is with us. Right. Hey. Listen. Right. Well, listen, you know, it's our tradition, Pastor Paul, I mean, to allow our guests to say a little bit about themselves, <laughs> how they want to, how they want us to really be able to, to know them, be introduced to them. So, Pastor Paul, how many seconds we're going to give him? I don't know. He's yeah, a preacher so too, so y'all you know? messed up. You told me that he preacher. was a. You told me that he's a preacher too. So yes, I, he, he is. Was a teacher, I was going to give him all kind of time, but when you threw pastor in there, preacher. So so Dr. Lampkin, we're going to give you we're going to give you forty nine point seven seconds where you can just share with our audience, just bring them a word of greeting, say hello, let them know where you are, what you're doing, anything that we missed. We know we gave you a very brief intro, but just go ahead and greet our audience today, Doc. I'm so excited to be here again with the, with you guys, uh, the pastors roundtable, and the audience that uh, out there uh, watching. It's a sheer delight. A little bit about my uh, background: Oakwood uh, University it was Oakwood College at the time when I was there. I was a student there many, many, many moons ago, 
studying religion and theology, then moved on and went to a little school in Nashville, Elder Wade, Vanderbilt University. And that's where I first got introduced to this topic of biomedical ethics. Uh, did a master's degree there as well as a PhD there. And then I went back to Oakwood to teach for uh, a few years, had a wonderful time nurturing theology majors, students preparing for um, ministry as well as the general student body. Served there for a few years. Uh, then I moved on and uh, went out to the West Coast and spent well over a decade at Loma Linda University teaching uh, health scientists the same field, biomedical ethics. And we've been doing for quite a while um, what this discussion this evening is all about, thinking very carefully about the issues in the health sciences, thinking about medicine and thinking about our Christian uh, commitments and how we live out and play out those Christian commitments in the real world. So again, I'm absolutely uh, delighted to be with you. I have uh, a wife, Charlene, uh, hey, hey. of 30 years. She's been hanging with me for 30 years, and I, I, I thank God for she's been my wife for 30 years and my friend even longer than that. Mm. And uh, we have uh, one son, Darius, the, the young man. And so, again, just glad to be here. And I'm absolutely looking forward to the discussion and the interaction with all of you guys. Good stuff. Yes. Well, listen, let's get let's get started with a word of prayer. Right. Pastor Paul, you want to pray with us? Hey, let's pray, pray. for us. All right, let's yes. do it. Father, we invite you one more time into this discussion. We pray that you would have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, listen, we are so excited to have you with us, Dr. Lampkin. And uh, again, um, we just we just want to um, thank you for being with us. And, be, you know, listen, be yourself, man. Just do your thing. We're going to ask you just one thing to do for us. Kind of move a little bit to your right. So we could center on the on your, on the screen. There you go. Awesome. Did I move to the right? Right. Okay. You went to the right. Right. You went to the right. right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So listen, we are here discussing um, um, our health, our our theological concepts as it comes against social issues. Generally speaking, where does science end and religion or faith or theology? begin you know theology is the study of god so where does science end religion or faith or theology begin and can you share with us can the two exist in a happy medium <laughs> great great question i'm delighted to have this question actually uh for a long time for a long time and and i, I won't bore you with all the, the the history science and theology were wedded together you know mm. you know your history science and theology was wedded together i think around the time of the in, enlightenment and i'll be a little clearer definitely by the time we got to the late 18th early 19th century they kind of separated and went their separate ways. When I think about science, though, when I think when I think about science, what science does for us is helps us to understand the world that we are a part of. It helps us understand ourselves and the world that we are a part of. So in many ways, science provide us with descriptions of the world and descriptions of, of who we are. 
theology, uh, on the other hand, as you uh, so eloquently stated, is the study of, of, of God and religion, even a broader uh, concept. It's more concerned with ultimate things, things mm. of ultimate value uh, and the like. So really, they're doing different things. You know, they're really doing th different things. Science tells us about the world. It helps us understand the world that we live in, that we occupy, that we uh, experience. And then religion, on the other hand, tells us who we are, mm. our value, and where we're going. So very different, very different kinds of considerations. We often get bogged down in the religion and science debate, the age of the earth and all those kinds of things. But that's a real distraction from the real question that they're actually doing different things. Wow, mm. wow, wow. And, and do you see us, do you see them um, living in the same space? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, wh wh where are we going today, I think, in, in, in the dis discussion? Uh, I was sharing um, with a group of friends and colleagues not so long ago. Um, the Adventist church in many ways wedded itself to science. I mean, mm. we run, right, healthcare institutions all over the world. They are engaged in scientific medicine. So absolutely the two, uh, they can ride on the same path together. And, and, they, and they do, and they do. do. Do they ever disagree? Of course they do, but for the most part, they can ride on the same path. Well, listen, so, so when we talk about medical interventions, um, there, there's often this, this crossroads where religion or faith intersects with, with medical intervention. Um, and, and, and many people, I guess before we get into some of the nitty gritty, I guess we got to figure out, is it our theology then that should inform the science of medical interventions? Or should the science inform our theology? Um, in, in other words, there, there are, well, let me not, let me not complicate it by adding other words. Let me, let me leave it. Yeah. Let's, let's leave it at that. Should, should our theology inform the science or should the science inform the theology? And do we know of any instances where either or may be the, 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 um, the right approach? And I'll give some examples of that, that last one, but, but let's, 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 let's start with those first two. Should, should the sure. theology inform the science or should the science inform the theology? Great, great question. So, so, so again, um, the science kind, it, it tells us what is, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about, the, mm -hmm. the description. So I was clear. Science tells us what is. Oftentimes we say religion or theology tells us what should be. Okay. You know, that's what I use the language of value. So one tells us what is, the other one tells us what uh, should be. So the, 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 the science gives us a glimpse of uh, reality. Our, our religion tells us how we ought to operate within that uh, reality. So again, uh, I'm, I'm trying to push beyond that either or that they are complementary. You mm. know, both are working, are at work at the exact same time. Now, when you look at particular um, medical interventions, and I was hearing a bit of that in the questions, um, do you participate in uh, organ transplantation? That's a big, huge one. Then we have to think about our theological beliefs, our theological commitments, our values, and the like, and raise that that tough question, is it appropriate? Am I getting at your question? Is it appropriate? Yeah. Let's That's do this, Doc. Question. 
because I, I want to make this as clear as we can for our audience. Please. Because we had some conversation last night and, and you you rolled off a litany yes. of, of specific things that where where faith and science interface. C- can we can we articulate what some of those things are where people have because generally somebody has, I don't know, that you, you get a cut. Nobody has really a big religious problem with putting a band-aid on it. Um, so right. that's a band-aid is a medical intervention. But what are some of the medical interventions? Interventions in general that we find that a lot of different faith communities do question or have some challenges with. What are some of those things? I, I, I hit a few of the, the big ones, and I will uh, encourage and invite the uh, listening audience and viewing audience, that is, to look at the Seventh-day Adventist Church's official website and look at the official statements. Um, a big one that comes up all the time and as it relates to a medical intervention. Doesn't relate so much to Seventh-day Adventist, but it does relate to religious folk. Uh, Jehovah Witness and the refusal to accept blood. They do that out of deep theological commitments of not consuming any blood from the Leviticus laws, you know. Adventist abrates that, not consuming blood, but they understand that to mean that they shouldn't participate in um, uh, blood transfusions and the the like. Uh, As we all know, uh, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, takes a stance against um, abortion Mm -hmm. for similar reasons. The fundamental value of human life, we're going to talk more about that as situated in in Genesis and in the Ten Commandments and, and, and the like. Um, fertility treatments, in vitro fertilization, uh-huh. okay. uh, fertility treatments. A lot of religious traditions have some issues uh, with that. And the church, the Seventh-day Adventist church, actually has a statement on the use of uh, infertility. Again, organ donations, whether or not you should receive an organ or whether or not you should give uh, an, an, an organ. All of these that I'm talking about, and I just laid out a few and there are others, um, have deep religious significance as you stop and think about it because human beings, right? We didn't just crawl out of the water, so to speak, or just fall down through space. We were created in the image of God. Mm, okay. And human beings, you know, display the image of God. And human beings have value and worth. And we use words, shortcut terms like human dignity and worth that we have to be careful um, as it relates to those kinds of interventions, if we want to be faithful to what God is uh, requiring us, because we don't own our bodies. See? Mm, all right. We don't my, my, own my. our bodies. Well. See, in American society, we oftentimes think of autonomy and ownership, and we own it our body. But for the Christian, we're simply stewards, mm-hmm. caretakers of these bodies. So hence, we don't own them. So we always have to be responsible to the one who really owns them. That's so, why these questions wow. are so important. So, so we see some of these things, they play not, not just in the, um, a role in the life of the receiver or the recipient of the intervention, but also sometimes in the, in the provider, right? Because we know that there are some providers who say, I'm not going to do an abortion based on my religious faith, or I'm not going mm-hmm. to do this uh, sexual, re- what, what do they call it? Not reorientation. Uh, treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm talking about when people do like sex changes, they want to go from male oh, to female. Yeah, 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 A yeah, provider yeah. may say, hey, I'm not about that. I'm not, I'm not, you know, that's my, and so there may be even some legal, you know, type of uh, uh, things that 
go in 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 um, in line with some of those. Just like we see, you know, the baker situation. The baker says, "I'm not going to bake this cake for this. You know, this is a, a same-sex wedding. I don't. My faith. I don't believe in that." And we saw they were legal implications for that. Could there be some of the legal implications for? That's what I was looking for, Stephanie. Reassignment. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but those those are all you know things that have to do with where faith intersects um, medical medical treatment or um, that. So, I, yeah. And if you guys have any other questions though, to our audience, if you guys have any other instances of things where you see where people have some struggle with with medical procedures or, or medical interventions mm-hmm. um, and in the realm of faith, somebody we see vaccines. This is coming up. Are we going to get to hang out there for a little bit at some so, point? Yeah, we yeah. Yeah. Before we before we go there, before we go there. So, and I like the way you know Pastor Paul framed that question. Um, so there's a follow up question here. So now let's get to the the church member, the individual. But, 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 of course, no, we before, you about get the organization. before you get there, before you get yeah. there. Okay, go ahead. I I hate. I don't want us to jump ahead, but but I think Doctor Doctor Lampkin pointed out something very. Um, basic that I want us to explore. We talked Mm -hmm. about the issue of our faith understanding and the health intervention that we are looking for. Um, Some people simply stated, you brought out the fact that our bodies is the temple of God, doesn't belong to us. And we are are now beginning, some of us have used that as a, a crutch for when it works best for our situation not realizing we were stewards. How, how can we pick and choose? Or is there a, is there a, a, a balance or a, a situation where we pick and choose the things we want to be, you know, to hold up as intervention? For instance, I think Dr. Paul said it, uh, Pastor Paul said it well, with, when we get a cut, we don't think nothing about putting iodine and putting a bandit <laughs> on it and we keep on moving. But the moment that becomes a major issue, um, should I, you know, do I need to go under the knife? Do I need, it? Be, where, where, where should we, who really don't have the information or, 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 or just want to mm. choose, we just want to jump on the side of faith because it's safer. Is, is, you understand what I'm trying to say? We, we would use, yeah. we would jump behind the faith thing because we believe that's where we should be as Christians and not really look Look Wait. to find what the issue is. Can I can I can I help with that a little bit or go push yeah. it a little further, Doc Doc Wade? So it's 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 not just because we're more comfortable, I think, with the faith. It's because we don't have an expectation of being able to explain faith. We don't mm-hmm. feel like we have to have a rationale behind it. Whereas if it's science, if we and, and so if it's faith and we don't understand it, we're okay. But if it's science, we feel like we have to understand all the moving parts. And if we don't, we're uncomfortable. So, so we tend to be more comfortable leaning behind or, or leaning on something that we feel like we're not even ever supposed to have all of the answers when it comes to faith. So, so Pastor Paul, so, and I, and I like this conversation. (laughs) Is is there a degree of faith that we need to have in science? (laughs) (laughs) You know, is there a little degree of faith that we have to have in science? Um, and then the whole idea, Dr. Lambkin, that you mentioned, you know, we, I mean, remember, I think you mentioned that our body is not our own, right? Um, 
you know, this is the temple of God, right? So is there a responsibility that we have to the community with what we do as far as our health care decisions? Um, I, I want to know if you could address that. Um, oh, is there a responsibility that we have um, to our community as we deal with our own health care decisions? Or should we just make these decisions in a vacuum? Okay, okay hold, hold up. I got a timeout. So Dr. Wade just asked a question. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we just skipped by the question. You got to write these things down, man. We're going. This is going to be Dr. Lampton's easy, easiest interview. He didn't have to say nothing. We, we just kept on asking questions and questions. Hey, but, but, no, listen, listen. I have fully confidence in Dr. Lampton. Like, great, great questions. Listen, I mean, they're all great questions. You can just wrap it together. Just wrap it together. I mean, they really were... I use that language of unpacking it and, and, and making sense out of them. There, there, there's so many things that, that are that are on the table right now. We may have to go back and, yeah. and, and refresh my, my memory. I'm an old man now, and so I can't remember them all. Um, but again, there was a question about the interventions and how do we uh, decide on interventions. We, do, we don't think twice about uh, putting a, a, a Band-Aid on a cut. I actually like that because it's simple and straightforward. We sometimes, and I hate to use this language I'm about to, to use, we sometimes make a distinction between ordinary care mm. and extraordinary care. Okay. Ordinary care and extraordinary care. So, to, you know, to, to take a couple aspirins, to take a Tylenol, to put on a Band-Aid, uh, if you break your arm, to put it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a splint. You know, those those are major kinds of uh, considerations already. If you stop and, and reflect on it, mm -hmm. not too deep. You Putting know, on a pair of eyeglasses. Those things that care for the body and, and, and they're simple and they straightforward. No one to be harmed in, in the process. Go for it. You know, it gets a little bit more trickier uh, when you're talking about major medical uh, interventions that are extraordinary. Does that make any sense? So then you have to think more carefully. You know, you have to think more theologically. You have to think more deeply. Someone says, "I'm I'm looking uh, at the chat. Don't alter the DNA." And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. The church actually has a, a statement on genetic editing. Mm -hmm. Now this this is real. This yeah. is real. This and somebody else died because we can alter our DNA. We can alter the genes, which impacts the species forevermore. Yeah. You can work it at two levels. You can alter uh, Dion's, Dr. Henry's DNA and it just impact him, or you can go into the reproductive line and it impact his offspring. Yeah. Those are two different kind of interventions. Right. <laughs> and, you right. know, we got to make sense of those kinds of things. I know we just jumped in real deep, real, real fast. <laughs> hey, so, but, but some of our folk are there, Doc. I saw. We got to take our time. That's what I say. We got to take yeah. our time and, and, and sort these things out because in each of them, each of the questions that are raised, they are absolutely huge. Then there, there is this question what are our obligations to ourselves uh, as stewards? And then what are, our, what are our obligations to our fellow human being? You know, yes. we use the language, uh, Loma Linda University has a school of public health. So the Adventist Church, we have a school of public health. So our health does function on those two different levels, right? We, mm -hmm. we have to take care of ourselves as individuals, but we also have to take care of the body politic, meaning mm -hmm. we have to be concerned with the society as well. See, that's what's so deep about 
what's happening right now with COVID-19 and the vaccine. So it's not just a personal decision. The personal decision has social or community uh, implications. And so we Mm. have to be mindful of those things. And let me say something about the, the, the faith, that is Christian faith. Uh, that is one of the things that made Christians stand out from the inception of the Christian church, the first century uh, Christian church and then following is that we've always been concerned with the well-being of ourselves and the well-being of our neighbors. Wow. Okay. Jesus did more healing than preaching. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was always concerned. And then the disciples, I'm sorry, the apostles, let's be a little clear, they took up that ministry. Mm-hmm. And then the Christian church took up that ministry. And the Christian church is the one that actually in the West, that is definitely during the, the, the Middle Ages, but even before, they built these big healthcare institutions that we know today as hospitals because of that public and that social concern. That make any sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. I think that was one other question. You, you, made, it, you, made, it, you made it very clear that as a Christian, it seems as if, how I interact with the community carries a lot of weight as opposed to how I interact with me as a person. Pick something and drill down on it, as, yeah. as Doc said, because some of these questions, are, they're coming and they're coming. And I, I want to, I we can back up, Doc. There was the question that you mentioned and, and that two, at least two folk in our audience mentioned about the gene editing piece. Let's talk about that for a moment. Um, so uh, Chris Chung put in the gene editing and talked about the CRISPR technology. You know, there's a whole swath of our of our church and of our membership who've gotten, you know, who've seen some videos and things on CRISPR technology and the gene editing. And it's been linked to um, vaccines. And and so when it comes to theology and we're made in the image of God, when people tamper, we've been tampering with with genetics in fruit and animals for for years, right? So um, people are eating tomatoes that are crossed with spiders and with fish and all kind of stuff. The genes have been crossed so that they can grow better in in different environments and all that kind of. A lot of people may not be aware of that, but those are things that geneticists have been doing for decades now. And, and now they're toying with the idea, at least they're talking about toying with the idea of being able to change the color of people's eyes or somebody put in um, uh, being able to make humans less prone to diabetes or to cancer or whatnot by modifying the genetic code. Is there a theological position of the Adventist church or is there a theological position that that Christians ought to have? Is there a biblical position that we're aware of that speaks to the modification of the the intentional modification of the genetic code? It's a great set of uh, questions, and I think I can get at that uh, a, a little bit. Um, as we think about the question and as we think about using technologies like uh, CRISPR, uh, we should use the greatest amount of caution. Again, Mm. for some of the theological reasons we already talked about that we are stewards of God's uh, creation. We're not owners of God's creation. And so it's one thing to alter me, Andy, 
Lampkin. It's one thing to alter me uh, for uh, physicians, scientists to go in and, and alter my DNA uh, a bit because it's going to affect me. But when it goes, when we move to the next level and cons considering, again, uh, interventions that might impact or will indeed impact the next generation, that's problematic because- oh, People who don't have a choice in the matter, basically. That's what. That's yeah. exactly what uh, we're getting at. We have. We've always taught in a Christian uh, <laughs> tradition. Uh, yeah. That is, we have a re responsibility to uh, kind of leave the world a certain place, and meaning that when we leave and pass off this 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 scene, we shouldn't have impacted it in, in a certain kinds of ways. We don't have a right to uh, affect the gene pool forevermore. You know, mm. we can we can talk about all kinds of, you know, I, I, I pause a little bit because I didn't want to go down that road. The, the Frankenstein scenarios. The problem with altering the genes is that we don't know what we're doing. Mm. We can't know exactly what we're doing because there's just really, really, really complex relationships between the genes and the environment. Okay. And what we know, not what we think, not what we believe, what we know is that seldom accounting for ourselves. It's not just one gene at work. There are multiple genes at work. So that's why we always say we should exercise the greatest amount of uh, caution. Uh, our, our faith teaches us this. Listen, <laughs> the the that's right. statements on this teach us this. But here it is. Even when you look at uh, what the government, uh, our, our society has said, and the community of research scientists, they say we should exercise great caution when we talk about making changes to the species. Now, and I know we don't use that language a lot around yeah. in, in our churches. Right, you know, right. That's the common language there. That, that language <laughs> may be, you know, dis disruptive a, a, a little bit, but we don't have a right. Let me just say it plainly. We don't have a right to, you know, alter our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. We don't have mm. that I, I don't know. I'm, I gotta, I gotta wow. throw this I in mean, there and I'm about gotta, to mess somebody up, but, yeah, but it yeah. sounds, I'm sorry, but it, it almost sounds a little bit like, you know, 1930s, uh, 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 Nazi Germany, you know, they're saying, nah, y'all, y'all don't have to, we, we should not mix with Jews. They're going to mess up the bloodlines and mess up the genetics. You should not have interracial marriages in 19, you know, you know, 1900s sure. in the United States. And those were some of the same arguments that we heard about those sort of uh, social connections and interactions that it was going to mess up the gene pool. We hear it now. People make jokes that, you know, so-and-so, if so-and-so and so-and-so get together, they're going to mess up the gene pool. Y'all need to, yeah, no, that's not a... <laughs> So some pastors may have given some of that counsel before. Um, but yeah, and, and we, we, you know, we kind of do that somewhat flippantly, but, um, but yeah, I think some of those, some of, some of those are the, are the, are the basis of some of the things that have caused a whole lot of hurt and pain and ostracization. How do you say that word in the past? Um, and so again, here's this thing where theology intersect in, in this intersection between theology and, and medical interventions. Uh, a, a couple of reading eugenics. That's the word I was looking for. The language of eugenics. That's what you're referring yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, in in the 30s, uh, eugenics 
the whole logic of eugenics is to improve the species. Right. You know, the, the EU good to improve the, the, the species. The problem with that, and somebody's capturing some of these things, that certain groups were thought to be inferior. So you didn't mix those two together. And and, and so mm-hmm. that was a, that's, that was the problem with uh, eugenics. And eugenics is problem, problematic on many uh, levels. We should be very careful and we should be cautious because we don't know what we're going to end up uh, with. And so what I'm arguing that we have to be careful about the, the gene pool and the genetic diversity that uh, exists. Clearly, uh, this is actually you're funny when you, you, you think about it. Uh, human beings, you know, we make choices all the time. And so we're constantly you know, editing ourselves the next generation, but that process is super slow. <laughs> yeah. You choose that uh, for the for the young ladies out there. You choose that handsome young man based on certain traits: tall, dark, and handsome. That's what they like uh, used to like to say. And then for our, 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 our brothers, you know, you have you make we make other choices, and so we're making choices that impact the future generation all Already. the time. Yeah. That's that's the reality. Right. So we, we we make choices. All, all, all the all the time, but to intervene at a scientific level, at a biological level, using some of these very fancy technologies, uh, we can do overnight what would take hundreds of years to do, and that's substantively different. If that if if that makes any if that makes any any sense, and again, you can't control it, and so. Oh my gosh! Um, as we learn about, yeah, but we 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 know where um, again genes interact with the environment. But we have identified certain genes and what certain genes are are, are doing. I mean, there can be genetic enhancements in, in in such a way that you build human beings that they are faster, that they stronger, that they see farther, that they. They live longer. We can just go on and on and, right. and on. Yeah, Superman. Yeah. Okay. Superman. See, I mean, that's that's exactly right. That's, Super that's, soldiers. That's real. And so yeah. you have to you have to play that out. And then I'm 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 gonna touch the social justice piece and get away from it real quick. Then you have that 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 dynamic that in a society you can create you know a new eugenics campaign in a real mm. subtle way for those who have resources. <laughs> and ah, those who don't. Wow. I mean, we already do that with education, if you think about yeah. it. Those Ooh. who have resources, they can send their kids to a certain quality of schools. They can get them tutorials, and you can go on and on and on, which advantages them. Now, if you can advantage people biologically? Wow. Mm. I mean, mm. just think that through. Think about the implications Bro, of that, where it's not random anymore, that you're picking and choosing. Maybe... You're, maybe what they were doing in Nazi Germany, they were on to something that you can create a master's rate, master rate. When I first started learning about this, a scientist said this to me, and it shocked me. This is when they, uh, they've completed the Human Genome Project, but this is when it was just beginning. Francis Collin led that team about 20 years ago. They used the, they used the language of he. He who controls the genes mm. controls the world. I can unpack that some more, but he who controls the genes controls uh, the world, and there's something I, I, to that. I heard, very... it, I heard it said. I heard it said this way: 
she who rocks the cradle controls the world. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's true. That's true. That's true as as well. But as as Paul talks about genetically altered uh, foods and the like. See, this is why some of us go natural ways. Genetically altered food and the like. When you understand how those genes work, and you can figure out ways to alter, you can alter that species. You can alter our species again. Sorry to use that language wow. again. Wow. And, I mean, it's moving at a it's moving at a very, very, very deep level. This is why I began with this word of caution, and we should exercise extreme caution when you have this kind of power. This is the kind of power that no other generation <laughs> has experienced. <laughs> See, this is what you got to get. <laughs> no other generation has experienced the power that's in the that's in that gene. And that we understand that gene. No other generation has had that power. Over the last ten minutes, over the last ten this minutes, is, as you were sharing, Doctor Lampkin, you, 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 I began to feel that my faith and my understanding of the theological implications actually informs my decision on how I, I interact or intersect with science. Is what I'm hearing, as as the as the, the, the God that, or the, the person or the thing that helps to inform my scientific embracement, if I could say that. So mm -hmm. that the things that I do is based on my faith. But the question is, is it based on a, a, a certain level faith or is it based on the faith I have, the, the measure of faith I have? No, I think that was so well articulated. Yeah, our, our faith is influencing our, I got about that in a, in a, in a long way. Our faith is in influencing how we think uh, about that. And I think it is our, our individual faith. And here, here it is. I, you know, I was speaking with the, uh, with, with the brothers yesterday uh, on this. We, uh, as a faith community, need to do more work there. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. We, we got to mm -hmm. be humble sometimes and be honest. Uh, sometimes we have to do more work there. Uh, what got me so excited about these kinds of discussions that I'm trying to maintain my my expectation <laughs> tone down a, a, a little bit. I want y'all to invite me back sometime. And say, man, he acted oh. a plump. <laughs> I'm trying to keep try, trying to keep cool. So, so what excites me about this topic? in this discussion and where we're going, and, and, and you all got to get this, you all got to get this. The technology is moving so fast. Wow. Mm. That we can't keep up theologically because theologians wow. think too slow. Wow. Shit, stop. It's not just the theologians. The law can't keep up. Mercy. Mm. I mean, everybody, I should say everybody, but those of us who work in this arena, we talk about this all the time, that the technology is moving so fast and the way our law works, the way theology works, the way our moral thinking works is based on past precedents. Mm. So we think wow. about the future based on what happened in the past, but we're in a whole new arena. Wow. And the theology yeah. says, we've seen these things, yeah. so the we have to think about it anew. And here it is. This is what I'm getting at. So we, as we yeah. train that next generation of ministers mm -hmm. and, and theologians, and we have health scientists on the line. I can I can see it from the tone of the chat. We have to think about these, the ethical and the moral implications, and we can't assume that it's already been figured out. Mm -hmm. Wow! Because wow. it's like we, we're because... flying the plane. The plane is up. Yeah. 
we 30,000 feet up, y'all. We can't stop. We got wow. to keep moving, and we got to make decisions while we rolling. Information That's what we are. Yeah. That's L- what listen, we are. Listen. And that listen, ain't listen. easy. That ain't listen, easy. Listen. That's when you have to put on the big person's pants. <laughs> That's what you are. And think I, I like what you say, Doc. This thing is and moving so willing. fast. Here it is. Here it is. It's, and be willing to be wrong and start over. Now, Doc, wait a minute now. You just dropped a bomb right there. You dropped the bomb. You just dropped the bomb. Be willing to start over because I think we're moving fast just based on our conversation that even our our mission probably has been impacted by the movement oh, here we of go. science versus probably some of the fundamental things that we started off with. But look, it leads us right here. And we just got to go there, Doc. And, and I'll get in trouble with my, my guys. We're going to go here. No, let's look, do it. I'm with theologi- you. No, I'm no, with wait, you. Wait, wait. You don't even know where I'm going. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm with you because it's still good. You like the last right now. We're brothers for life, man. We're brothers for life. That's what it, I might not I, agree with you, but I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, I want to go because I, there's so many great things we're talking about. But I think that, you know, we... Yeah, so this COVID-19 vaccination, this vaccination, the the vaccine has Mm -hmm. caused a lot of stir within the community of faith, specifically within our church. And and maybe it's, you know, just just based on social media, based on comments, based on talking to members and so forth, it has caused a significant stir Mm -hmm. uh, to the point where there are some people within the, the church, anti-vaxxers, but even there's some that even go a little bit beyond. They're, they're, they're saying, listen, why the mask? And the mask uh, wearing it, the children that wear it to school, it, it, um, it, it damaged their, damages their interaction with uh, the, the, the students in the classroom and the teacher, and there's a psychological impact that it has. We have all this stuff. So my question to you is, what are these theological arguments that, that are surrounding this COVID-19 vaccination. What, what are they? What have you been hearing, Doc? Yeah, it's, it's, that, that's, that's, that is an absolutely great question because uh, it's, it's so much that's being said uh, out there. And you, you laid out several of the arguments being made um, out there. I think some of it, uh, of what we're hearing, and I'm going to frame it positively. I think of some of some of what we're hearing from certain communities, uh, and again, this is a positive framing of it. It's kind of a, a, a naturalistic thing. It's a it's 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 a, a, a natural law, and that's a theological tradition. Natural uh, law, and, and and we don't want to break nature's laws. We want to be consistent with. Uh, a, a certain kind of uh, simplicity and natural living, and these interventions, this intervention, particularly the vaccine, they're asking us to go beyond that. That's a positive twist, and I think there is a community of people out there who feel that some of what we're hearing, I'm just going to be honest, it's just out there. You, you, you know, it's irrational. You, you, you can't really wrap your head around what's what's going. Uh, the, the church actually has a, 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 a statement on uh, immunization. I dare not uh, read it, but we, we've thought about these things uh, before. And so there is something called uh, peer review evidence base. <laughs> the church accepts that. 
you know, peer review, evidence-based. So we, we follow the science. We listen to the science. We pay attention to uh, the science. And then the church also allows people, individual uh, conscience, to make one's own choice as it relates to these things. And so, Dr. Henry, I know I didn't, I didn't get directly at your, your, your question because, again, there's so much out there. You have so many anecdotes. It's just hard to uh, get at what's going on. But as an institution, as a church, and churches and institutions have a responsibility to guide their members right, to guide their followers, to direct their followers. And where our church is on this issue, the stance that we take is evidence-based science, evidence-based research, and that's what we should, uh, that's what we should follow. And some of the other stuff, you know, we would, again, we would have to come and, and, and take it on, and I'm not being clear, take it on one by, uh, one by uh, one and, and, and engage them. Some of the things I... Uh-oh. Some of the things I've, I've, I've heard is just kind of been uh, extreme. And again, just don't know how to get at that that kind of extreme thinking in a way that, here it is, let me, let me say this. And somebody said I went out for a minute. In a way that you can operationalize. See, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. When you talk about just, you know, a few people here or there in your family, a way that you can operationalize for a community of, of, of 18 to 20 million believers. We got to provide guidance for all of them folk, right? Yeah. And so we got to think about, we got to think about that. And, so, and some, um, some of this vaccine discourse, the anti-vaxxers, the vaxxers, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't care where you are on it. You just got to be reasonable and responsible because of what's at stake. Yeah, and some yeah. of the discourse and some of the discussion we have in here in the United States of, of America and people not wanting to vaccinate, we know it works. There are people all over the world that are dying every day that don't have access to this vaccine. So we have a lifeboat. I like to use that metaphor. We have a lifeboat. God has thrown us a lifeboat. It's up to us to get in it. And there's a, there's a quote down here. There's a question down here. It says the Adventist church advocates for a holistic approach to health. Can we really be surprised that people want to go the natural route, right? That is quite eloquent and it's a beautiful question. And the quick answer is we can't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised. They just articulated what I was trying to communicate is that that's what we advocate, this kind of holistic, naturalistic uh, uh, approach. We use the language like holism. And uh, we can we can we can absolutely spell out what some of those things are. So no no no, we shouldn't be surprised at all. We shouldn't be surprised at all. And we ought to respect that. We ought to respect yeah. that. And we ought to we ought to live in that. And we ought to thrive in that. But that's not in the having that understanding, that holistic approach that the uh, uh, that the, 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 the viewer is advocating isn't over against the. Uh, scientific peer review they're not in conflict with one another yeah. they can actually complement one one another we like to say in the the, the church that uh what uh, sister white was shown many 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 years ago medical science has confirmed right we we like yeah, to use that, language. that. Yep. again they're not they're not um they, they complement each other yeah. you know they, they don't clash uh naturally at least not in my mind
Doc, I'd like to push that, and Dion, uh, Doctor Henry, I'd, I'd mm-hmm. like to push that. What you mentioned a little, a little bit further. So the Adventist, what the Adventist Church advocates, they advocate for this holistic approach. I've heard this argument, and I think we we've, we've bantered it about a little bit, but that the Adventist Church. <laughs> Um, let me see if I can do this well. Um, <laughs> b- because of our, th- there is something intrinsic within Adventism that is very attractive um, to people who have a bent to conspiracy theories, right? <laughs> and what is that thing? I mean, when you look at our, our, our understanding of prophecy, and I'm not saying we're wrong. I think we're absolutely correct. Um but when we look at scripture and we go and we find and identify, when we go through Daniel and Revelation, we identify uh, organizations and people by name that scripture mm-hmm. does not, you know, identify by name. Mm-hmm. We, we attract a certain type, generally a certain type of person. Um, so when it comes to things like this vaccine, um, I think yeah. it should be no surprise that there's also a lot of conspiracy theories that are either birthed or just simply circulated yes. among us as Adventists. Now, you throw black people on top of that. Come on. Got to do it. I was just, I was just, yeah. I was just thinking about that, Pastor Paul. Yeah. So, so, so now, yeah, you're not just Adventists, but you're black Adventists and black in America Adventists. Yes, so yes, you've yes. got, I mean, we grew up knowing that the, I mean, the government, this is the government vaccine. This isn't, you know, this isn't Loma Linda doing the vaccine. This is the government, the same government yeah. that put smallpox in blankets and gave it to the Come Indians, on, the same government that, 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 uh, the, the created this event in Tonkin Bay and then blamed it on the, you know, the, the Koreans, you know, all of these type of things, the same government who, who did experiments on civil listen to Tuskegee experiments um, yes, black folks yes. this is and it's like so now you and, and then now you've got an early 2020 this vaccine is not the vaccine isn't out yet but the communities that were most impacted by death and severe hospitalization were black and brown people in America so if anybody has a has a seems to have a reason to be skeptical or to be hesitant <laughs> I don't know anybody greater than black Adventist folk who, who I get some of the hesitancy there. But, 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 but Pastor Paul, I, I have to be honest with you. When I looked at, when I looked at the, the syphilis situation here mm-hmm. in Alabama, I'm in, now in South Central, the folks who were affected, the families who have been affected by it, they are now speaking out in favor of the vaccine because their biggest thing is this. The issue that happened then is so different than the issue that is happening now. But we have not shared the real story or we really don't know the story because we pick up on one aspect of it or they experimented on black people. But yes, they did do that. But the reason those black folks suffered from the syphilis, they did deny them the vaccine. They denied them the vaccine. Now here we are in 2020 and we can get the vaccine, but we don't want it because <laughs> they, 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 they experimented on us back then. And, and so the question that I'm hearing is that it's not about what they did in the past. We have to find out what exactly did they do 
so that we are not uh, comparing apples and oranges because that can be deadly. Right. That is what's killing us. And I think that is some of the, the basics in terms of why black families or black communities were hit harder because we don't have health care. It's not because the vax, the, uh, the COVID-19 was anything greater. It was that because we didn't take care of ourselves before the, 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 vac, the, uh, the virus showed up. So we have, we have to be careful how we package right. stuff. And yeah, it and it's not there. the packaging, Doc. It's not. It's not the idea that those that there are not answers to those things. Mm-hmm. It's it's just kind of trying to put a finger on some of the reasons why there is this hesitancy this and this distrust. Yeah. I mean, 2020, you know, black people, we, we've seen government, police, you know, all of this kind of stuff seems to yep. be stacked against black folk in America. At least that was the, you know, that's, you know, the, the world that we were living in. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, th- those are, those are things. Do- Do- Dr. Lampkin, but, in, but, anything but, but, to... But, but, but just to add to that, uh, Dr. Lampkin, maybe you can speak to it. Why do we want to generalize and, and find the answer to, to these issues when based on what you shared with us today, I picked up, I picked up, there are so many variations and variants out there that, that sometimes what I may want to do in one situation, I'm not going to do in the other situation. No, this is this is this is good, I, and I I think you you both are absolutely right in what you were communicating. I think you both spot on. This is a, what we call one of those both and kind of considerations. Mm-hmm. You you really just helped us understand uh, something big and something extremely important. Uh, uh, the vaccine hesitancy, you know, it's not an irrational response. It's a quite rational response in light of the history, right? If you understand the history that. Pastor Paul laid out, you catch the, the vaccine hesitancy. It, 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 it makes sense. It's a rational response. One should be cautious. One should be careful to be sure. Uh, but Pastor Wade is also uh, right. We need to understand that Tuskegee syphilis thing a, a, a little better to make sure we're applying apples to the apples and oranges to the oranges because it was a very different kind of uh, situation. But the way Tuskegee is used in the community, it actually just stands as a precautionary tale, right? Mm. It's like, remember Tuskegee. It's like sometimes when you guys (laughs) preach the parable, remember X, Y, Z, and then the people know how to fill in the blank. You don't even have to fill it in. (laughs) I did a study one time and I was looking at trying to make sense of you know, how Tuskegee is understood and used in the black community. And it's a fascinating thing. A lot of people really don't know the details, but the detail doesn't matter because of the harm and the damage right. that was done. Right. And that's the point. Yeah. That's the and point that, I was making. That, that, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. I fought and I shouldn't say fault or put blame. The medical community actually needed to do a better job in helping relieve some of those fears and those concerns uh, as it relates to, and it's, uh, you know, if we had time, and it's not just Tuskegee, but there, there, there have been other uh, things, a whole history. Tuskegee, in many, in many ways, it represents research abuse, but it also represents a history of neglect, of mm. neglecting a population. For years, we talked about 47 million Americans didn't have access to health care. Many of these folk were black and brown uh, folk. And I think that's where Elder Wade was also, uh, you know, g- 
getting at. So these kinds of considerations are real, and we and we have to we have to talk about these things and get them uh, on the table. We need to talk more in our in our, in our churches about it. One thing that's powerful and, and and wonderful about the Adventist Church, uh, we have so many providers, right, and healthcare scientists that are sitting in our pews. Yeah. We have no excuse for helping our community really understand this stuff a lot better than we actually are, uh, are, are actually doing. So here it is. We still got some more uh, work to do. So the hesitancy, the caution, I, I, I say it's, 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 it's uh, legitimate, but it, you also got to really think carefully and, and, and cautiously and say that it appears that the vaccine's working. So to be prudent for yourself and to be prudent for your family and to be prudent for your uh, community, you at least got to give it some serious consideration instead of just dismissing out, dismissing out of hand and saying, here we go again. You know, it's another Tuskegee because it's really not another Tuskegee. Sure. Listen, we, we've got just a few minutes left, gentlemen. Oh, um, Dr. Henry and, 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 and Pastor Wade, you, you guys, I'm, I'm going to dip again. Um, I, Dion got to do it, so I'm going to do it this time. So let's talk because let, let's talk about um, Dr. Lampkin. And we mentioned this again last night, too. <laughs> ah. Your brothers are rough. You're rough. You're rough. But I'm loving it. I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> so, so here we go. So the Adventist health care system. Let, let's go there. Let, 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 let's talk about this. Adventist health care system. Good rail. Good rail. Um. So yeah, it's the it's the right arm of the health message. Um, it's the entering wedge. Many people are going to come and say, "Okay, we have all of this theology and and all of this Ellen White, which whether we want to classify Ellen White as theology or not, that's always going to be debatable." Um, counsel, let's go with that. We got all this counsel, and there's a whole swath of our of our Adventist community who are going to look at what they read in 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 Ellen White or and what she says, and then they're going to look at the Adventist health system and say. This doesn't look nothing like this, what I read over here in 2020. And it seems that some are going to say that it seems like the Adventist healthcare system has divorced itself totally from the theological underpinnings um, of, of, of what we believe. And again, you can, you can, you can debate whether counsel is theology or not, but that, that's, that is part of the debate. How do we respond? Is, is the Adventist healthcare system based on, and Dion, you, you, meant, you, you articulated this uh, the other day, and I thought the way you said it, and I, I'm trying to remember how you said it, um, how Adventist or how biblical <laughs> is, is what we see in our Adventist healthcare system today? Ah, that's a dangerous question. I, I want to. Wow. We, hey, listen, we, what we do at the past the round table, man, we talk about issues, right? Yeah, we got we to we we do it. I'm going to go in, since I got this far, I'm going to go in a little deeper. So I grew yeah, up in a yeah. church and in a, and in a home where Adventists Adventist didn't do tea and coffee. We preached the, uh, the caffeine. We preached hard the, the, the benefits and, and whatnot of a, of a, of a, of a plant-based diet, um, all those things. And yet now people go into an Adventist hospital and there's a Coca-Cola machine. You can get coffee. You can get tea. You can get all the other kind of stuff. You can um, get meat served, not just in 
in your room, but you can get flesh served in the cafeteria and we're making bank. I mean, making money off of off of, you know, some of those those type of things. And people are saying ah, this doesn't look anything like the health care that we thought our theology was based on the mission of our church and the connection of the mission with the health care system. Um, I read in, in Spirit of Prophecy where Ellen White says that our doctors ought to be ordained or, or, or commissioned or permitted to baptize people. And yet we can go in some of our institutions and, and, and the healthcare saying is, well, healthcare is our business, not mission. That's the church's job, but our job is over here. Again, in many cases, people will make the argument that it looks so different. How do you respond to that? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a really tough question. Um, one of the things we have to, to sort out is this issue, I've done this a lot this evening, is just what is the health message, right? Mm, okay. You right. know, mm. I, I, wrote, I wrote a dissertation uh, a, a while back, um, my doctoral dissertation. Uh, it was a critical study of the Seventh-day Adventist health teaching tradition. Mm. Critical study of the Seventh-day Adventist health teaching tradition, right? Affectionately known preachers as the health message, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we call it the health message. That's, I grew up in the same kind of household in the same kind of church, uh, Pastor Paul, that, 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 that you did. But at the core, mm -hmm. we got to get it at the core. What is the core of the health teaching tradition? Uh, God intends the well-being of creation. God is concerned with your well-being, your striving, your thriving, your uh, flourishing. God expects from us to live healthfully. That's the core of the health message. Now, how that plays out in the world, and I, and I get you, 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 you got you to gotta sort it out. Um, coffee and tea uh, at, 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 a, at a house, at, I'm sorry, at a hospital or at a clinic, is that a violation of our health message? Having pe pepper, you know, uh, I, I went to one place. And I was cinnamon. And place. I'm, looking, I'm like, they got all this salt, but ain't no pepper. Salt and no pepper. Salt and no pepper. But see, they were trying to operationalize. But no, but the theology is, the theology, Doc, is that you are the salt of the world. That's the theology. Not the pepper of the world. I got you. Not the pepper. You are the salt. I'm just messing with the black church. In the black church, we'll see the pepper. But the challenge is how do you operationalize the health messages? And what does it really look like in the 21st century? I think that's the challenge that these 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 health our health systems actually have. And, and all, I, honestly, uh, I think it's a work in progress. Yeah. They, they, they are attempting to live out our faith uh, commitments. These institutions un understand themselves, and I understand them to be extending the healing ministry of Jesus. And I think it's beyond that slogan. I think they're working at that. Mm -hmm. But again, what that absolutely ought to look like in the 21st century, I think that's what it, that's the discussion that needs to be had, and we need to keep talking a, a, about that. Those 19th century, uh, the 19th, the, the, the church's health message emerged in the 19th century, and right. the, a lot of the early thrust of the health teachings they find their origins there, but few. 
I say, I dare say any of those institutions have actually survived. You know, we don't have sanitariums anymore. I think you have places, mm -hmm. and I don't want to call the names of those those places because you you know that they're out there doing the natural remedies and the, the like. Sure. Yep. I think they're trying to emulate the sanitariums, but that model didn't struggle uh, yeah. survive with, with scientific uh, medicine. So I think the challenge is how do you appropriate that deep and fundamental commitment that the church has for advancing the health of his people and of the people they are called to serve in the 21st century? What does that look like? Okay. But, so, so, but, but, so basically but, 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 what I hear but, 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 you saying, Doc, is that no. those places that tried doing it that way, financially, they were unsustainable. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? It, it, it's it's the, the financial component is there that we talked about evidence-based health care, evidence-based health research, all that's at, uh, all that is at work. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think we need to have the discussion and just put it on the table. I'll, I'll complicate it a little bit more. You know, the, the healthcare system in our in our country is quite complicated. It's not just the hospitals and the clinics. It's a it's a three trillion dollar industry. You know, it's a, lots of money goes into research and the knowledge that we glean and the knowledge that we gain. And then we apply that knowledge uh, in, 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 in real ways on, on, on real everyday uh, people. So there's a whole lot of reasons why that, 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 that model, that sanitary model just didn't exist. Uh, <laughs> so, so before, so before, so before, 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 before I, before I, I we change here, here, you made a you comment were, about the fact, I think, well, Pastor Paul talked about the fact that we find uh, coffee and tea in, in, the, in the, building, <laughs> the caffeine situation and the hospitals not wanting to deal with it. Could it be society change because the norms now are so relative? Um, everyone can do what they want. We don't want to offend anybody. So we attend, we kind of want to just get along per se. So the organization doesn't take certain stance to, uh, you know, could it be that or could it be our expectations of those of us who look at the healthcare system? We don't look at it as something else. We try to look at it as ours, but we don't see ours in it. <laughs> we don't see what we believe in it. Yeah, that's that's why I think it's critical to get at that core. What what do we actually believe? You know, it's, just, it's the difference in, in, in it's the difference in prescription and description. If you catch what I'm saying, we don't prescribe every single element as to how people ought to live. You know, if you go right. back and look at some of the documentaries about the John Harvey Kellogg and early evidence, a lot of exciting stuff. Getting them up at six o'clock in the morning and start exercising them on the field. You you've seen the videos. Would you would you commend that? And so you got to play it out. So why 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 pick on salt and pepper? I'm just using this as an example. Sure, yeah. Why pick on salt and pepper and the caffeine when when there's some other things that we couldn't be you know considering? And so it's, it's a part of the issue is the prescription kind of issue. How much of it you prescribe, or do we get at the core teachings or the core values of the health message and emphasize that? It would be curious to sit down with, uh, I think, hospital administrators, or at least those who made those kinds of decisions to uh, accept 
those places where you could find, you know, a Coke machine or, or, or coffee and get at what was actually going on. I can't, I, I, you know, just to be honest, I can speculate, but I, I can't honestly answer that because I haven't been a part of those discussions and I want to be cautious and I want to be uh, careful. But I've seen patients, and I know a, a couple of you, a few of you, if not all of you, have done some some chaplaincy uh, work. If patients, as they visit their family members, if they can't get what they want, they will get up and walk right across the street and go get what they can. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's one of those practical kind of considerations. And I'm not saying that it was a, a practical decision that was made. I just don't know. I'm being very right. honest when I'm saying that. But I, I also I'm also being very, very uh, real. And uh, we yeah. had these kinds of experience. The, the, the patients, they go not their patients, but the patient's family go down to uh, the hospital cafeteria and they confront it with things they just haven't seen. And they don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I mean, we have to be real and honest right, about right. who we're serving and the population of people that we're serving. I suspect that that goes a bit into a bit of that uh, discussion. Discussion, yeah. and we can all talk about you know our, our our ideal standards, and I think we should talk about our ideal standards for ourselves, for our families, and for. Uh, our churches, but when we're serving the world, I think we have to be mindful of that. When people uh, who are in uh, the, the hospitals, oftentimes in very vulnerable situations, desperate situations, you know, is is, is this the time to introduce them to <laughs> yeah, things yeah. there? <laughs> I mean, you just got to think about it a little bit. Yeah. They, they don't know what to, they need to eat. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, we need to but, get them but, healthy, but, and but you don't want to pushing it around on the plate like you do at Savage Dinner. Come on now, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 I can't but, wait till this dinner is over hey, but, and let me make that quick stop. I'm you need bad. to leave potluck but, alone. That's right. <laughs> but but listen, and even even in considering the constituents that we are serving, I, I think there are some things that we do not do like other hospitals, right? So there, there are, there's still this theological undertoning that we even have at our hospitals, our hospital system as well. Um, and the question, and I, I see we're running out of time. I think we need to do like just one show on healthcare, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, just on healthcare. But, but and here's a question for thought. Um, I, I would say, that within our context, as we deal with our theology and as we uh, interact with medical interventions, right? Sure. Because theology impacts our medical, uh, the, the, the interventions that we use medically. And, and if we do not keep in mind, yeah, so, so we ought to keep in mind as we make these decisions with medical interventions, we have to keep in mind our community. Our, our, our family. There's a family a um, few years ago in, in Australia, you've heard probably the story, um, Adventist family who refused medical intervention. Um, they wanted to go holistic way, and but then their son died after, after the science repeatedly told them, hey, listen, we can do, we can help, we can intervene. But they said, no, we want to go the natural way. And their son died. In fact, they were, um, you know, they had to go through law, you know, the court system because of that. Right. But but so so I want to come to this. This is my final question. I know the time is running down. At what point should we 
consider the science and have and have a a measure of faith in the science at what point should we do that when it comes to medical intervention how much faith should we have in science or if we don't understand it should we neglect it and just go by the holistic approach yeah i i'm on my i do i appreciate that uh that that question and you put that was a nice either or and i think what a lot of people do when they don't understand something they tend to poo poo it <laughs> you know they push it uh, aside i think we should work to help people better understand the, the science I, i've used the language of evidence based many uh, times this afternoon we got to keep working towards that and again science provide those descriptors that we talk about they kind of tell us what is and they give us numbers that we have a 70% chance here uh, nothing medicine is not it's a science here it is you got to appreciate this but it's not an exact science yeah, <laughs> if you catch yeah. what i'm saying it, it's science but it's not a, a, exact so i think we can trust the science um uh, pastor dr henry i think we can trust uh you know the the, the medical science and, and until we learn better actually until and, and, until it goes uh, awry i think we can put our, our our confidence there and i i don't think that actually uh, weakens our faith you know uh, uh they used to say i remember i was a student at uh oakwood and this is also how we grew up in all truth belongs to god including scientific truth including medical truth and we believe god is the one who opens it up for us to better understand these things that we can uh save lives you gave the story in uh, australia and i and i appreciate that that is a touching story that's another one of the reasons i went into this 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 realm of study in this realm of discourse because people sometimes and i'm going to use very strong language foolishly you know just out of hand reject uh the science reject what the physicians are 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 telling them and i want to be very 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 clear our health message doesn't require people to reject the science that's right mm. that's right i want to be clear about yeah. that that's not, see some people think that's what it is that's why we got to go back and say what is the core what are we actually <laughs> teaching people and we're not teaching people yeah. that we're yeah, teaching I, yeah. people to be responsible and to do the right thing yeah. and to promote their health and to promote their well-being and promote the health well-being yeah. of their children, their families more generally and the communities in which we're called to serve. I like what I like what Jay O'Rourke said uh, in the text here. He said faith is not in the creation but in the creator. Come on now. Mm, he says I yeah. trust God in the science as much as I trust him in the holistic direction. Yes. That that's Rook, it. Oh, Rook, oh, Rook. I know that young man. Brilliant, 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 brilliant comment. No, it's a brilliant yeah, comment. Yes, yeah, yes. It's here. It is. We can say it's neither either either or. It's just not mm -hmm. an either or. It's it's a both. It's a it's a both. And until they conflict, until it's just straight conflict, you know. Yeah. So so yeah. so so when we when we wow. try to when we try to to parallel faith in science as if it's against faith in God, we are really doing it a disjustice. We should have faith in God. Science can be the way God is directing us in, in, in how we deal with the situation. Absolutely.
Sound like somebody preaching yeah. now. Sound yeah. like somebody hey. preaching. Now. I, hey, I think that's I think that's spot on. Not only do we do a disservice to the science, we do a do a disservice to God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And and, and because, because one of the greatest and profound things, uh -oh. one of the great gifts that that God has given the church in Ellen White is the health message. In wow. many ways, the health message was <laughs> a discovery. See, we always talk about the Sabbath being a recovery, but the health message is a recovery of a part of Come the on, preacher. Ah! We missed that point. And Come so on. when we when we stop and just say, no, 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 you know, we can't go, we forget natural revelation. There's special revelation in the word of God, but there's also natural revelation. God is still doing amazing things in the world today. And we have to embrace that and accept that, that God is still doing amazing things in the world today. And if we would just open our eyes Come on now. Sometimes. Yeah. And just slow Come down. On. See, I'm, I'm, I'm real big about slowing down. Slowing down, thinking carefully and thinking critically and ask the Lord, what are you doing in the world today? That's what the church understood in the health mm. message. Yeah. The church mm. believed that God had given them the message. Why did God give them the message? Because poor health was going on. Go back and read the, the story of our health message. Mercy. Come on. Go back right. and take a look at the story of our health message and make sense of what was going on in the 19th century. That God said, "Let me help these folk out a little bit. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let me give the world a gift." See, here's the thing: mm. we have we have took the health message and made it our own, and made it wow. a test of, of, of fellowship. And are, are, are you vegetarian? Do you <laughs> eat these things? And growing up, people looking in folk cabinet. What kind of mess is that? God gave the world. <laughs> gave us the health message to give to the world to improve the health of people all over the planet that's what mm. the health message is all about and not a test of fellowship that's right but we that's missed right. it we and, miss it in our arrogance uh oh i said let me let me talk. but you know the funny thing is is that My as, goodness. As, as much <laughs> quoting of, of of ellen white that we do that's one of her quotes is that this should not be a test of fellowship mm -hmm. um and we just and that's what, we, yeah. and that's what we've done with so then go, go back to the question of what our health care institutions are doing you know we have over five thousand healthcare institutions on the planet go back to what they're doing and ask the question are they extending the healing ministry of jesus yeah, yeah. Now, that, that's that's more that's much more debatable to me than, than the other the part so <laughs> oh yeah i'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to yeah. it oh yeah. i'm looking yeah. for oh i'm looking forward to the discussion because it's it's real and we we have to have this we have to have this gotta have it gotta have it look folk our time is 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 gone man and and we we, we got to dig into this man dr lamkin this has been special man this has been awesome having you with us today this has just been a blessing um i don't know if you can tell how how our our guest and 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 our host the co-host here we are gushing over having you with us today it has just been a pleasure it's been an oh honor oh my gosh it's um, been good for me as well i th i thank you all for the uh invitation and i'm just so inspired by the the ministry you have here and the work that you are doing. This is very important work. You know, this is what Sabbath school should be about. And this is what mm. afternoon programs really should be about. We should be engaging these kinds of really hard questions yep. 
uh, right here. And we got the folk to do it. We got the folk yeah, to do it. Absolutely. So thank you for having Love me. It. And thank you all for yeah. your ministry well, here. And thank listen, you for being we, one of them folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we appreciate you. Appreciate you. Listen, yeah. Theological implications, man, close, regarding man, be, medical intervention. Before you go, before you say that, Raj, close, I, I just want to mention. I, I just, before, <laughs> no, 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 no. Before you, before before you close. There, I, I, I want to play. Can I play? Can I jump in here? Can I? I just want to I just want to shout out I just want to shout out I just want to shout out Cindy uh Cindy Paul uh she wrote something here that makes a whole Yes that's it we confine the health message to what goes on our plates Come on now it's more than that it's more than that it's more than what we eat what we take in and and maybe maybe that myopic look is what's causing the issues today i think another another lorraine blake talked about the fact that we have not been pushing health ministry before the pandemic it's only since the pandemic all of a sudden the health question has become such a a major it's push true. it's true there it should have been something that pastors should have been pushing before it's true it got lost i was i was going to mention i was going to mention another quote uh passed away by cindy paul which i think it's a very good quote and it says, is PRT going to have medical professionals who are against the vaccine? I thought you were going there. That's why I'm going to give you the hand oh, clap. You oh, know? okay. But, yeah, but, we but, need to do that now, too. Take, hey, listen, I'm taking my hand clap back. <laughs> because this is, so, so, you know, we want to present both sides. Absolutely. Right? We want to see what the medical professionals who are against the listen, vaccine, Have you read the saying. chat? Have you read the chat? The chat tells Mercy. us yes. we have medical professionals in the chat yes. who, are, who are against the vaccine. Yeah. And, yeah. and I understand that. And I appreciate them. If they want to come on, they need to send us a note. We would love to have them come on. <laughs> I, I, read, right. hey, I read one comment that said that, and I, I, you know, we'd have to fact check it, of Dude. course. But one, one of the commenters, and I think it was Chris, um, said that the largest anti-vax, anti-vax demographic are PhDs. Some, somebody's got to Google that for us and, and, and uh, you know, we, we yeah, certainly want to fact check, but that, that certainly, yeah, there's, there's Chris. Um, but yeah, though, that, that would be intriguing if that is in, yes. indeed, you know, so you'd want to find out, well, what's, what's the deal? He's got a gang of them. Okay. Just let me know. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll hook up uh, uh, Chris. Keep me posted when that discussion is happening. That is very curious to me actually. Yeah. yeah. Of course, those, these days it's dangerous to have those. Facebook and, and, and YouTube will shut you down if you, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Lampkin, and, and one of our viewers, well one of our medical viewers society. said they wanted yeah. to be. One right. of the medical society. See, that's what I say. Let's see who's talking about those things and let's see what they're saying. I'm looking forward right. to the discussion. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Lampkin, one of our viewers wanted to read your dissertation. Is there a place they mm. can they can reach out to read that dissertation at this point? Listen, can't actually, afford it. Uh, Dr. Henry has my information. We can share it with everyone. It can reach out to me. It's critical study. If you type in critical study of the Seventh-day Adventist uh, health teaching tradition, it actually kind of pop up online and you can, all dissertations okay. are, are published through the University of Michigan. So it can be found. But if they reach out to me, I, I get them access to it. Okay, we'll we'll put it in our show notes because we normally have show notes in all of our okay. shows. So we'll okay. make sure we get that in the show notes. You hear that, TJ? Make sure we get that in the show notes.